Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. I'm your host, John LaChapelle, and I am privileged to be joined with two of my friends. This is Sage Jacobs, and this is Janae Irvin. They are two of our residential coordinators in our restoration care program. And when they started with the organization, I thought, man, we've got two young women who could be anywhere else in their life right now. And they've chosen to stand in a place of justice and restoration. And so we're having a podcast specifically about Gen Z and their involvement with social justice. Obviously, with uh, current events like Black Lives Matter and um, issues with abortion and, and just different social justice issues in the earth. I thought it'd be incredible to take a pulse. Um, Gen Z, what, how do they feel about social justice? How do they feel about trafficking? And these two are just uh, rich. And so we're going to just have a conversation. We want you guys to jump in with us. And so why don't you two first just share how old you are and then a little bit about your life's journey leading up to Elijah Rising. What was the path like before you started? Janae, why don't you start? Okay. Hi, I'm 18 years old. Um, oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> um, I, after high school, I didn't know what to do. So then I ended up doing um, organization with YWAM. And mm. I was there for about six months. And I did my outreach in the Middle East. Wow. Um, <laughs> I almost said the location. That would dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and then that's when I really got a heart for women and just seeing them so oppressed. Mm. And I didn't realize because women here have so much freedom. And it's like all about women, women, women. Mm. And so I was like, yes, strong women. And then I go and it's like, oh, it's not as. Yeah. And so that's when I really was like, oh, no, like this hurts. Like those, these are like my people. These are my sisters. These are like mm. my aunties. And so yeah. I came back and I was like, now, now what? What do we do? Mm. And so I came. I did a volunteer night thing. Yeah, volunteer training. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one. And then <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is mm. what I want to do. Prayed about it. Mm. Everyone was like, are you sure? And I was like. Nope, but (laughs) (laughs) this is what I'm getting called to do. So I've already said yes. And so we were saying yes. And now I'm here loving it. Man, when I was 18, it was everything about college. It was Mm. like putting in transcripts and like beefing up my resume and applying to schools. And can you just briefly talk about that? Did you feel any tension, pressure to like go to college or like do something in that regard or yeah everyone's like you need to like you need to go to college you need a backup plan what if this following jesus thing just doesn't work one day Mm. what if you can't go to the with the flow forever yeah i was like i mean i believe that he'll be faithful and i just keep saying yes thing Mm. after thing then it'll work and so Mm. everyone's like oh she's 18 you're not too old to go back and i was Mm. like we'll see but (laughs) i was like i'm just day by day Mm. giving him yes that's amazing janae well Said, what about you? Tell us your age and yes. a little bit about how you got here. So I'm 20. I'll be 21 in a month. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of this, what my previous position looked like, I was at um, Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I had originally just kept hearing God say go, and I was like, 
okay. <laughs> so, you know, I went and it's, you know, you can do three years. I only did one mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of other things that um, God wanted to do in me before yeah. I stepped into a leadership like year that was the next year um and i came back home and (laughs) found myself like not even kind of being ready to go back and Mm -hmm. so i spent a year and a half almost of basically just like god what do you want to do in me um what what are you doing like Mm -hmm. where am i going Mm -hmm. and um man like it was a year of struggle like if if i'm perfectly honest you know Mm -hmm. um i i I found myself at kind of the the end i felt like that season was coming to a close of like that struggle and i was like okay lord i don't have like i have a school that's not accredited Mm -hmm. i have you know like only one year in it Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i want to do and um i was like give me some direction well I had already had some previous exposure to Elijah Rising through my mom working here and um, a lot of the people around me being involved in volunteering and just, you know, general um, support. So I was like, maybe I can look into this. And God was like, yes, I'm mm. going to give you a job. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was already working somewhere, but, you know, um, I was like, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do. So for the next, like, three or four months, I just came and came and did whatever I could to pour into before mm. I, like, even kind of assumed a position. Yeah. So, and then the Lord had opened up a position through the restorative care home. Mm. Um, and yeah, I applied and now I'm here. <laughs> and so, and I've like never been happier. Wow. So yeah, this is, this is without a doubt, like where I need to be. Mm, that's amazing. You guys so good. I, I think one of the things I want to bridge Gen Z is all about like protesting and like about the causes and the different things that our world faces by way of injustice. Like you Mm -hmm. said, being in the Middle East and recognizing there's injustice here. How do I, as a privileged individual, step into bringing justice or being a voice for justice? I want you guys to talk a little bit about the dynamic of the home. Obviously, we want to safeguard our residents and safeguard our our program. But coming in, I, I think... I experienced this as a, as a young leader, too. We have a lot of zeal about things, but when our zeal meets reality, it's <laughs> like, oh, like, it was really exciting the first couple of days, and now I'm like, where's the action? Where's the... <laughs> and so I want you guys just to talk about that, because people, especially older, the older generation, they're like, oh, I can never do that, or like, I'm not qualified, or whatever. And here you are, like, fresh out of high school going, no, I'm going to step into someone's pain, someone's trauma, someone's brokenness, and I'm going to walk with them. Mm. Like, share a little bit about expectations meeting reality. Hmm. Either one of you can jump in. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Coming in, I was actually, I wasn't like excited. I was excited. I was like, yay, new job. Like, I'm in the mission field. Like, I'm doing it. Like, mm. I've made it. Salary. Like, yeah. adult things. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no. Like, this is, like, serious. Like, these are real people. Mm. They have real stories. They have, like, real, like, issues. Am I qualified? And yeah. then I was like, God, this is all you. This has to be. And so I'm mm. sitting there, like, day two training. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we open the house. And I'm like, <laughs> but I was we opened the house and I just like sat there after we got some residents in and I was like it's real mm. and we're here and mm. I thought it was going to be like 
for some reason, sorry. I thought it was gonna be like, super chaotic and like people were gonna be like yelling and like all mm. these issues and we were gonna like have issues and I'm gonna be like doing all these things mm-hmm. and it just, it wasn't that. They came in and we we had conversations and it's mm. just like you and your like best friend sitting on the couch just talking oh, yep. wow. and like we're like watching movies and we're getting popcorn but then there's mm. also like you're you're getting real with people yeah. and it's just a lot of like, Hey, today was hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. like work through it. Yeah. And so I was honestly relieved. I was like, it was a breath of fresh air, not, it not being super crazy and super mm-hmm. like wild and all of these things. I was just like, I'm just living life with these people. I'm doing what I would do if I was at home with my friends today, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is, yeah, I'm like, I'm in the place. That's so good. So, Sage, what about you? Any expectations coming in? Right. So um, before even like jumping into this position or anything like that, before training, um, I kind of made uh, like an agreement with myself to Mm -hmm. completely like reject any expectation. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't I didn't try to build it up to be anything because I knew that whoever came in, however they came in, um, that's what I was here for. Yeah. You know, Um, there was no like way to prepare for somebody's life you know and um not being with them all this time before Mm -hmm. and then being ready to be there you know and 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 be like um somebody for them to lean on you know um also i think a lot of my mindset came from just my personal experience and people trying to jump into my life you know and 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 like these they are not projects you know this isn't my job it is my job but it's not my job you know this is this is a a a way of life this Mm -hmm. is a way of honor and culture you know so um i just maintain that like mindset of i can't be ready for anything Mm -hmm. you know i have to be um willing to be there for everything Mm -hmm. so man that's so powerful what i love about your piece is like the faith the level of faith that it took to go God said it, and I don't really know how it's going to pan out, but I'm staying faithful to what I felt impressed by, what I mm-hmm. felt led into. And I think, again, just the, I'm a millennial, so just to <laughs> compare and contrast, like my generation was like, no, you go to school. And so I didn't even, I didn't even have the freedom to dream in that way. Once I got to college, like went overseas and like did a bunch of things that were like risky and took <laughs> a lot of faith. But coming out of high school and into college, it was almost like my brain went into autopilot. Mm -hmm. This is just what you do. And I I used to tell people all the time, if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have gone to college because what I'm doing now didn't need, it didn't entail a college degree. I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for my alma mater and my experiences and God used it. But I think what you're displaying and our listeners being encouraged by is like, really, you just need faith. You don't need some kind of, 10-step plan for your life. It really yeah. is just a life with God. And what you're saying, I love just the, it's about a heart posture, like throwing out expectations, but my heart is going to be ready. I think so encouraging for yeah. sure. Um, I want to pivot a little bit. I pulled some statistics about Gen Z and use this word with you guys already, but Gen Z has been labeled uh, Puritans. Um, after the word Puritans, like not sexually active and yet gen z is the most exposed generation to pornography to sexuality um there was one quote 
Gen Z doesn't have to go looking for sexual content. Sexual content comes looking for Gen Z. It's just so rampant. And so I would love for you guys to just talk very frankly, openly about just your view as a Gen Z individual, but also as a follower of Jesus about sexuality mm-hmm. and then bridge that with what you've experienced with trafficking, whether that's with your friends or just in the culture. Yeah. Why don't you go? You look like you got some good <laughs> feedback. Um, that's because, um, honestly, like I, um, this culture, you can become a victim to it very easily. It's yeah. so violently vulgar. Yeah. Um, and I think like we're so numb to it because mm-hmm. literally now there are shows that are basically televised porn. Yeah. And that's that's an okay thing. That's a regular thing because there's some, you know, cheese and bread in between. Mm. But the meat of those those things that we are literally being um inundated, inundated with. with is 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 porn, is yeah. is sexualizing a body, you mm. know, that, that is meant to be like cherished. Mm. And 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 even just down to um not cherishing your body as far as like you know drugs are crazy Mm. you know like people don't care how much alcohol they destroy themselves within just one night um your your body is no longer valuable Mm. in this culture it's just a thing yeah you know and it's it's taken for granted and i Mm. think it's kind of this like it's almost like a, a sickness, you know, mm. like we, it, it really, you really can become victim to it. It's just like that, yeah. you know? Mm. So. Janae, you got any thoughts? Yeah. Well, um, I think with, with, um, how like we were raised and it was so very free. It's like everyone do whatever you want. Be, you are who you are. Do like you can do yeah, all yeah. the things. Mm. And so it was just like, we, we can do whatever we want. We don't care what the outcome is mm, and yes. it was really that we like we don't care we don't what she was saying like we don't value life anymore yeah and so bringing that back i was like no i i, I do want to live like i do value <laughs> life yeah. mm. like i want to like get old mm. kind of and mm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i want to like like live life there's like experiences to do and like this mm. isn't this isn't at all you know mm. yeah and so i think Gen Z is really just stuck in this bubble of okay, like this is this is life. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. to we have to be gender fluid and we have to mm. watch porn and like we have to. This is just how yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think I think that there's no like belief in freedom of it. Mm. And mm-hmm. so they're like, it is what it is, and yeah. it, that's it by the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys are the first generation that grew up with social media. And <laughs> For me as a millennial, again, I just have to compare and contrast (laughs) just because, you know, I'm 30 and, you know, a decade, about a decade older than you both. And so the the thing that I grew up with was shame, anything Mm. around sexuality, anything around like pornography, sex. It was like, don't do it like Mm -hmm. this. I think for me, the Puritan culture. Mm. And so you have these spectrums of like shame um hiddenness no one talks about it to let's have it everywhere let's Mm -hmm. normalize Mm -hmm. it yeah and it's made sex not holy yeah Yeah. where god gave it as a gift in the context of covenant now it's like these broken pendulums and so what has kept you both in that 
plumb line perspective, if you will, of like understanding that, yes, there's a barrage of it, like we're being hit with it. But as a young woman, like I feel confident in what the scriptures say and what the Bible says. Like, is there anything that you attribute like your vision and your focus to? Something I was always taught was that it's the most like it's the closest you can get to being with another person. Like Mm. you are no closer to anyone. Like that's your you're like well, you're one at that point. Yeah. And so that was always like, oh, mm. like, that's serious. Yeah. And so my thing was always like I don't want to be super close with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. that was always like, no, like that's mm. that's weird. Mm. In my head in my head I was like, I just and I think as we try to normalize and let's talk about it so there's no more shame and there's no more of that stigmatism with mm. it we lost all of the like oh it's it is love like it mm. is like how like what it like what it's for yeah and so i was like no like there's a reason we do this it's yeah. not just for fun and games mm. you know and so, yeah yeah well me personally mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i didn't like walk the right path at first mm-hmm. um i think i was around like 15 years old when i fully jumped into just doing whatever mm-hmm. i wanted mm-hmm. and and truly choo- choosing to be poisoned by that culture mm-hmm. um and one of the things i remember is just being utterly miserable all mm-hmm. the time and mm-hmm. constantly being betrayed yeah and it's because there's not like what, what you truly desire, as, as somebody who literally walked in this culture for a long time, is love. Yeah. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want that affection. You want that connection. Mm-hmm. But because there's so much disconnect mm-hmm. with all of the social media, with all of the technology, mm-hmm. and just like a, a generally fatherless generation, yeah. you have such a disconnect from your, your humanity. Mm-hmm. Um and so once I kind of had like a reality check, big, big things, you know, big consequences from mm. living that way, I realized, you know, this, I've been miserable this whole time. You wow. know, the culture is all about making yourself happy, mm. you know, like find your, you know, happiness. You, you deserve to be happy. And, and I chased that with the wrong idea of happiness, yeah. this misconception that, you know, like you can be happy and then go home and be depressed. Yeah. You know, what are we missing? We're missing joy, mm-hmm. you know, true understanding of what it's like to be okay by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just kind of like dealing with the fear of, of, you know, n- not finding love, not being happy and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's very fear driven. Yeah. And I was controlled by that fear for a long time. And then I just mm-hmm. decided no more. Yeah. You know, I couldn't. Yeah. Those consequences were too grand. Wow. Mm. This is huge, y'all, because I feel like we didn't even plan to go this direction, but it it it's communicating. We're communicating that the culture has duped us and tricked us into believing that multiple sexual partners experiences it's the way of discovery it's the way of finding happiness finding Mm -hmm. contentment but what we're actually being inundated with is a narrative that our bodies aren't valuable yep and both of you are speaking to that from both perspectives and i appreciate the vulnerability just because i think people need to hear like oh man i'm in that space i'm hearing sage talking like man i'm in this place of looking for contentment i'm looking for someone to love me Mm -hmm. but 
I keep feeling like someone's thing, you know, and the more that society has trained us to believe that our bodies are just disposable, they can go to whomever, we've thus um, supported the view of trafficking, that I can have anyone whenever I want, and your body is nothing but to bring me pleasure or gratification. And so the, I think these perspectives are huge. And I think our desire is to equip, you know, the 16, 17, 18, 19 year old and understanding that they're valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really at the core of our humanity is we're looking for mm-hmm. love. We're looking for truth. We're looking for validation. We're looking for Absolutely. someone to affirm who we are. And so really appreciate you both. I, I want to read this this Barna quote to you guys. I want to hear your perspective. Uh, Barna calls Gen Z the first truly post-Christian generation um, than has ever been in previous generations. There is no basic education of the Bible in Gen Z. Um, they are likely than other generations to totally walk away from the faith. And this is really interesting. Uh, Gen Z says that their problem with believing Christianity is the evil that's in the world. Um, it, you talk to anyone in Gen Z, and they're like, "Yeah, if there was if there was really a God, we wouldn't have this issue. Yeah. We wouldn't have this issue." And and I want you guys to speak to that. How is your faith? Obviously, you guys have incredible parents, but your parents. And I, I know your your parents. <laughs> I don't know your parents, but y'all's parents model this like they have to make their own choices, which I really respect. You know, there's a lot of parents who are like, no, you're going to go to church, which a lot of times drives people away. But Mm -hmm. how has your experience with faith been an anchor for you, even in the midst of sexuality and and as we talk about trafficking, those different things? For me, it was always in the back of my head. So even after I was like trying to do my teenage rebellion like (laughs) moment, it was always in the back of my head. Like there's more this isn't it like you shouldn't be doing this you don't mm. have to, to be doing this yeah and i would say that this is a post-christian like generation for sure because a mm. lot of them don't have that like that, that like gut feeling of like yeah. this is wrong mm. and i feel wow. like other generations did and they were like oh we know this is wrong but who really cares or yeah. god will forgive me or things like that but they're just like they're like we want to go to hell mm. yes and so wow. yeah. i've heard that a lot yeah, yeah. they're like I'll burn with you. Yeah, I'm destined mm. to go. Yeah, might as well of, yeah. keep doing what I'm doing. And mm. so there, it's truly just a hopeless, like, faithless generation. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, it's like, safe to say that um, we've become okay with being the rejects mm. as a generation. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been, like, romanticized yeah. to be, like, destined for something you have no idea what you're talking about you know Mm. like people are oh i'm destined for hell i'm like have you have you read what that's like (laughs) do you do you know what that's like um but not not only that but also just um in in like my life um i've always even though i've lived wild sometimes i've been crazy Mm. um i knew that jesus was always there Mm. Like, no matter what I did, yeah. I knew that he was there with me. Yeah. Um, and when everybody else would turn their back on me, when I got inconvenient for men, mm. whenever I got annoying to women, whenever, mm. you know, I wasn't well enough to babysit children, I wasn't pleasing all the parents, mm. nobody. Yeah. I knew that Jesus was there. Mm. And that 
that to me is just like if you choose to stay loyal if you choose to to continue to pursue this thing that you don't see persevere mm. through your feelings mm-hmm. then you will see the result even when you don't deserve it yeah, and well. i think this is very much like a if i can't see it you know then why why does it deserve my love yeah. you know um everything's so visual and four inches in front of your face or it mm. doesn't exist but mm. to me i i chose to like kind of pull away from that and like well you know i don't see it but i i'm not dead yeah so something yeah something is keeping me alive and Mm -hmm. it it was always jesus yeah you know so um and and then too like of course like you said my parents have always exemplified that very well Mm -hmm. um we've been through a lot of like unknowns and stuff and Mm -hmm. i think just um you know if you choose to not be ignorant Mm -hmm. if you choose to say no just because i can't see it doesn't mean it's not there yeah you know um then you will see the fruit Mm. when even when you don't deserve it yeah that's incredible it's so good i was just speaking at a, a gathering for gen z and and it's it's hard sometimes to bridge the gap because I grew up so differently and and how I was impacted as a young man was very differently than how y'all were impacted. But that piece about um, this normalization, this romanticizing of hell and like this sense of rebellion, Mm -hmm. like the, the perpetuation of that through social media, through culture's narrative, it's I think this is so such a big takeaway and I think we have a lot of older listeners, you know, millennials and older who listen to our podcast and I think you guys are helping awaken our eyes to see like how the how the younger generation is thinking and feeling and how we can bridge that gap in relationship and communication. And so again, I think this is all so valuable. Just real quickly on that though, I want to know what you both think the church's involvement should be with social justice. Like you both have kind of taken out of your own initiative to pursue stepping into women's journeys, restoration, care. What do you think ultimately is the church's responsibility with the marginalized, the oppressed, the broken? You have a view on that? Break the narrative. <laughs> there's there we have been so okay with this rhythm of mm. oh they're just kids you know they're gonna do this and stuff and 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 like oh they need to be free to do their own thing. There is there is a level of that mm. that is you know you just have to let them learn the hard way. Yeah. But there's also a time to grab them by their chunk by their freaking like you know like grab them, yeah, <laughs> them by their pacheras and say like no yeah it's it's time for you to like have some self-discipline mm. you know like accountability has yeah. gone out the window um and so i think mean, well because that's that's what kept me yeah is that i always had accountability mm. you know um and even when they knew I was being crazy, you yeah. know, there was always a, a comeback and like, okay, how do you feel? Mm. Mm, I feel horrible. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, like there's you that accountability, you know, is dead. And yeah. I think if we as a church hopped on it a little more, mm. not not be so afraid of people not liking us yeah. and, and kids being like, whatever, I'm just going to do what I want anyways, that that lost person Mm -hmm. is always going to know that there's structure with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's unstable Mm -hmm. person is always going to know that you are going to have stability. You know, like you are, you are 
a constant in Christ, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, when somebody doesn't know Christ himself, they're going to look for the thing closest to him, yeah. you know? And, and that's as assumed to be you, yeah. you know? So... Mm -hmm. I want you to respond, but I just have to, I'm so moved because this is what we've been talking about recently at, in our church leadership is the return of mothers and fathers. Mm, yes. And that's exactly what you're saying. And again, I have to bring it back to how God chose to identify us, Elijah rising and the prophecy that goes with Elijah. When the spirit of Elijah is released, it'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the mm -hmm. children and the children to the fathers. And that's exactly what you're saying. This yeah. accountability, true fathers and mothers who, you know, wait on the porch for the prodigal to come running and I'm going to meet you yes. halfway. It's, it's, we need that. And I think a lot of parents have kind of cast off restraint. They've kind of let go of the reins because of their own insecurity, their own pain their own self-measurement yeah and so i think what you're saying is huge and and i think it's it's a it's a wake-up call for mm -hmm. older us older ones to go how am i fathering the next generation right. how am i mothering the next generation would you mind if i add on Please, to that come too? On. um i think about just the situation with trafficking as well how do people end up there it's because no one was watching exactly you know like how do people so valuable end up in such a, a dark and, yeah. and 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 you know like hard situation is because mm. nobody was watching yeah you know nobody was there mm. to to help them mm. you know to pull their hand you yeah. know at 12 13 years old yeah and so you, you know this this like call to justice is not only just like whooping everybody's butt when they're being bad mm -hmm. but also just like being responsible yeah. you know like watching your children mm -hmm. raising them to know that they are loved mm -hmm. and that no matter what you have their back yeah. you know and even if they're not your blood children yeah. you know yeah. we have a we have a couple adopted siblings yes. you know yes. um but just like being Va like valued mm -hmm. by someone who can protect you, who can take care of you yes. here. Yes, mm. it's so powerful. Jenna, you got a thought? The church's responsibility. The church, it says to uh, be a father to the orphan, mm. to be there for the widows. Yes. And if we just did that, mm -hmm. there would be so many less issues. Yeah. It is truly a fatherless generation. Mm -hmm. And if men st stepped up and... Mm -hmm took a kid to a baseball game, you know, yeah. threw the ball around in the backyard. Mm. I feel like my parents always talk about it, like, back in my day, like, the <laughs> the, the block raised us, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, there was always that, like, the auntie on the block mm -hmm. that would be like, don't do that, like, you're going to get in trouble, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it was just such more of a community mindset. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if more people in the church tuck in a foster kid, yeah. if more people stepped up and you know, helped out the homeless and mm. did all these things and mm. the single mothers. And if they went, go get their groceries, Yeah, you know, and there's just so many more things the church can do, but they're, they're not looking outwards. Mm -hmm. And so if we just took off our glasses and looked mm -hmm. and like, what can we do? Yeah, And it's not just making a hot meal once a month. It's that day to day, those boring things, yeah. you know, like, let's go clean a house. Mm -hmm. Let's go mow someone's yard. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> yes. yeah. like, let's just, let's go take a kid out for coffee. Yeah. Like all these things that like people need. Mm -hmm. And so if we just, you know, just looked outwards and yeah, yeah that's really good. I really appreciate you guys sharing your view on sexuality and just really hitting that with some vulnerability. I'd love for you guys to speak to how has 
sexuality and the culture's narrative of sexuality and your opinion impacted trafficking today you know we we are leading the nation with trafficking in different arenas with the asian market and and really because of the border issues the latin american population how has our culture fueled the the perpetuation of trafficking um in my personal opinion, I find that whenever everything is so sexual, mm-hmm. it's hard to, um, like, categorize that. You know, it starts to leak into everything you do. Yeah. Um, and as a culture, as you allow that, that leaks into work. That leaks into, you know, like, um, ignoring um, the obvious, you know, mm-hmm. or even just what's not obvious and staying ignorant to uh, the facts that... Um, truth is that sexualizing everything does encourage mm. you know trafficking and encourages this idea that um oh these people aren't aren't worth more than just mm. you know to to make me happy you know yeah. they're not worth more than a certain price yeah um so i in my personal opinion that's what i find it's know. desensitized us it's mm-hmm. desensitized Absolutely. the reality that our bodies are worth something it desensitizes the fact that committed relationship covenant marriage that those things are of any value and yeah. so i definitely hear that and what you're saying what about you janae have you seen i think as a generation that grew up with porn being so normalized that um we really we really thought like these women want to be here Mm. and these women want to do this and it's like they think that is freedom Mm -hmm. like this these are free women they do they it's been glamorized yes very much and having i've told people like that's not that's not the reality of it Mm. all the time Mm -hmm. and with all these other platforms and other ways of like doing this Mm. it's it's been so desensitized Mm. and but gen z has been like no no, this is this is what freedom looks like. This mm-hmm. is what these people have rights and like all mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. And so we've so glamorized it and desensitized it where it no longer matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you spoke to the glamorized piece mm-hmm. because and I won't say their names here just out of respect, but you have some of these celebrities who have the biggest followings on Instagram, on social media platforms, and a lot of their content is them in bikinis, them showing their body and mm-hmm. them glamorizing mm-hmm. this or or um, it's like a fantasy. They're, yeah. they're painting this picture that this is what success, this is what life looks like. And we as America, we're the most visible nation all over the world. I mean, we're impacting the nations. And so I think about the Asian women, I think about the European women, the the Latin American women, the people that are coming to the States to live out this dream of the person who's got the highest celebrity platform influence, mm-hmm. you know, on social media. And so really I, I think we're we're speaking the same narrative that culture has really taken what is been something that was meant to be sacred and taken off those boundaries and like Mm -hmm. whoever wants it can have it whoever wants to see it can see it and i think we have a responsibility as as a faith-based people to restruct the narrative yeah and for those listening i I know i just 
I know our hearts. Mm-hmm. I want to communicate our hearts. We're, when we speak about Capital C Church, we're mm-hmm. we're talking about the culture yes. of the greater church. Yes. I, I'm sure that there are lots of churches out there who who are putting first things first. Yes. But our heart is like, how can we be even more effectual mm-hmm. yeah. in our culture, in our city, to mm-hmm. really impact in the way that Jesus said that we would? Yeah, and so just as we close, I want you both to think really quickly if there's a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old on the other side of that camera. What would you say to them uh, just as an encouragement, as a, as a charge um, with where you are today, what you've learned, what you've walked through to get to this place of being an advocate for justice, an advocate mm-hmm. for truth? What would you say to that, that teenager who's looking for value, looking for purpose, looking for direction? If you have fallen victim to this culture... If you have, you know, accepted this as your fate, I want you to, like, look at me here right now sitting here, and I want you to know that I did the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I I was pursued by a God who told me I was worth more. Mm-hmm. I was pursued by a Jesus who was willing to dance with me in my darkest nights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, through everything that we have done to search for love, you will never find a love like that. Mm. So in, in, in every last thing you have, if you are like down to the wire, <laughs> you're done. Mm. I want you to know that all he needs is that much. Mm. And, that, and if that's what you have to give, give it. I promise you, you will not find a love like that man loves you. Amen. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how do you follow that? I don't know. <laughs> great, great. What she, I'm just kidding. You are so loved. Yeah. So, so loved. Yes. And you have so much passion and so much strength, and you are worth so much. Mm. So just put that passion and that strength and that determination and that head-heartedness and that stubbornness yeah. towards something good. Yeah. And he's waiting. He's waiting for mm. you. Yeah. He's knocking on the door. Mm. So just open the door. You mm. are so, so loved. It's amazing. Y'all, thank you so much for being on this episode with me. I thought this was truly powerful and really eye-opening. If you are watching and you are Gen Z, or maybe you're older, maybe you are looking for a place to connect, uh, visit us at at ElijahRising.org. We have volunteer opportunities. We have internships available. If you're looking for a place to grow in your identity, who you are, and pursue the justice of the Lord, we want to invite you to be a part of what we're doing. And so um, until next time, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at ElijahRising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.